Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips. And actually joining me today is Jeff Torrey. Jeff, it's good to have you back. Yeah, back in the back in the flesh, back from across the pond. So it's nice to uh, have a couple of weeks off and my teams did well, so that's nice, but Man, it's, uh, it's the playoff push now. We're in the second half of the year. It's time to go. Yep, time for the stretch run here. So we're going to go over all the Sunday games, week eight, bunch of some interesting games, some interesting players. Deshaun Watson went off again. We got to talk about that one here. Some other players. We're going to go game by game. If there's some interesting stuff, we'll talk about it. And there's probably some games we'll talk about for maybe, what, 20 seconds, you'd say? Probably. Yeah, there, there's a few of them. But we'll just we're gonna start off. We'll just get going. Minnesota, Cleveland, the 9:30 a.m. London game today. We have is it, the only things that come out of this game that you're interested in is probably Isaiah Crowell. Act, Crowell actually had a game for once that was decent fantasy wise. That was I haven't seen that at all yet this year. And then on the Minnesota side, you got Jarek McKinnon, a, another good game, and that's pretty much it. I would say. Other than, oh, Adam Thielen as well. Good game for Thielen there. Diggs came back, but it didn't really cut into Thielen's work at all. Yeah, no. And I, I think you're right. I mean, Cleveland, I'm not that excited. It was nice to see Crowell do something. But, I mean, still kind of one big run for the touchdown. He only had 11 rushes. But my big question is, McKinnon really, on Minnesota, is, you know, is this the real deal? He's had three weeks in a row now where he's done really well, really well, has, you know, a touchdown at least in each one of those three weeks. You know, how much can you bank on this guy? I think it's actually pretty safe at this point, mainly because of his receiving. If he wasn't getting the receiving numbers every week, I'd, I wouldn't be comfortable with it, but he's able to get 72 yards receiving six receptions. So PPR is especially good, but yeah, he doesn't need a lot of rushing yards to be able to be a good option. I think he's, has a good, he has a low or a pretty high floor. He's pretty safe, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And you know, it's good to see too. Not sure what you know the quarterback situation will be in the in the long run, but even Case Keenum, the two guys they have in there, they're not afraid to kind of give them a lot of work. As you saw today, Case Keenum had forty three attempts. So obviously, McKinnon is going to keep getting you know that. It doesn't look like they're going to revert to a, a run heavy where maybe. Uh, a Murray can steal even more of those carries, even though he outrushed McKinnon 19 to 14 uh, attempting wise. So, you know, it's McKinnon kind of not coming out of nowhere, but has impressed in the last few weeks. That's for sure. And then even the digs, I, if I'm a digs owner, I'm not worrying too much. It's his first game back. It's a London game. It's just a little odd. I He'll be fine going forward, but that's always a worry with digs. He has games like this, but I'd still be playing him. I think, I think he's going to be fine. All right, how about Colts-Bengals? Let's move on to the Colts-Bengals here. Bengals get a one-point win over the Colts. And not a lot of good fantasy numbers in this one other than Jack Doyle, which was just ridiculous. 12 catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. I really didn't see that coming from Doyle today. and It's hard to trust going forward, but that's a pretty impressive day. Yeah, it's a hugely impressive day, but at the same time you look at, I mean, He's like the only one that can catch on the team. Like everyone else, it was, you know, even a guy with four catches was the next, you know, the next high for receptions. And that was Gore. And he only got 19 yards out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. And Hilton, two for 15. Ugh. Ugh, oh, man. I know. It's brutal. And, 
You know, Brissett, I mean, he didn't have an awful, awful game, really. I mean, you know, I don't expect a lot of him, but 233 yards, two TDs, and interceptions. So, you know, just enough. But, uh, you know, just once again, it's Indianapolis. I, I, I think we've come accustomed to them kind of disappointing for fantasy. So, you know, I, you know, it's kind of what I've expected. An interesting tidbit out of this was Marlon Mack actually outsnapped Frank Gore today. 40 to 36, I think, were the numbers I saw. No, that's pretty big, and Mac did catch the a, a touchdown as well. Yeah, he the rushing numbers score, of course, goes a lot more rushing yards than Mac today, which hasn't been the case. But it's interesting to see Mac get more more snaps. So, I mean, when you're this far out of it, why not use the young guy? And then the Bengals, I was oh, I really expected something from Mixon today running the ball. That didn't happen, but at least he made up for it with 91 receiving yards. So when you played him, it's actually a decent outing, but. I expected much more from Mixon today, and 11 for 18 against the Colts. I mean, how are you feeling about him going forward? I'm, I'm, I keep waiting for it to happen, and it's not yet. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, at this point too, you, 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 I don't know. You're not trading for him. You're not trading him in a way. So you're. I think you're just kind of stuck with Mixon, and I think. I still have some high hopes, but at this point, I'm worried that his progressions are come along along at the point where um, he's not going to help people that need him. Because more than likely, you're probably you know you probably drafted him high enough or traded for him, hoping that he was going to kind of make your team or help you get to the playoffs. And I'm worried that now he's going to be hitting that stride maybe when you hit them. Uh, so. You know, but at the same time, like you said, you know, 91 yards receiving is nothing to scoff at. And yeah, he did have a terrible game, but you, you know, you still pull out 10 points, you know, for fantasy, even though you can't get in the end zone and you, you know, you got nothing going in the run. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm holding my breath. I think Mixon is still by far the best option for the run game. Uh, even once again, Hill, four for 11. No one really got it going, which I think is strange, but at the same time, um, I think Mixon kind of has that stranglehold on the position. I think he's he's the best one for it, so I think he's going to continue getting that. And I think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks up. Then a little bit of a disappointment, AJ Green, but made up for it with a touchdown at least. Jeff, you are a new a new AJ Green owner. Yeah, gonna make that trade, try to make the playoff push. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really helped me, and uh, when I've had him, but at the same time, you know, yeah, red zone threat, gotta love him. All right, let's move over to the Bears-Saints game. Saints get the win, and Alvin Kamara keeps playing well. It's He's getting, you know, it's not all running. He got the touchdown running the ball, but he gets plenty of receiving yards, and Ingram fumbled the ball there. If that happens again, I mean, Sean Payton didn't look too happy with him on the sideline. Could be Kamara's team there. You might get a majority of the work at some point. Could happen. It's, a, it's the quickest way you've you've seen players lose playing time is, is fumbling, turning the ball over. So, you know, for Kamara owners, that's something you want to see. And Ingram was fine, though, fantasy-wise, other than the fumble. Another 75 yards in session, which we always thought he was good. He just wasn't getting the opportunity before. But if he fumbles, it's going to go away. And then Michael Thomas, decent outing, 7 for 77, but he's still, he's not producing at the top level like we kind of thought he might going into the year. I mean, he's he's been okay. He's not really, he's not hurting you too much unless you reached for him in a draft, but, you know, kind of disappointing, I would say. Yeah, exactly. He's been a very solid player, but I, I think that is the the dangerous part about trying to move players up the, you know, the draft position when they haven't shown it. You're trying to make these, you know, grand projections. 
and this is kind of it. Like this guy, you should be happy to have him on your team. But if you, you know, if you, like you said, reached, now you're feeling the the sting about it. And, you know, that shouldn't be the issue because seven catches for 77 yards, PPR or not, you know, it's definitely someone that should be in your lineup. Yep, and no touchdowns for Breeze, so kind of a disappointing game there for him. Sneed, I didn't even, I, I have to look into this a little more. No catches. He was active, I believe, but nothing for him. So kind of worried about him going forward at a, for the future here. Just that suspension kind of really is, Set him back, that's for sure. Then Chicago side of things, Jordan Howard, another solid outing, 23 carries, 102 yards. He's not, I mean, it's... Aren't you glad we didn't panic when when he had those bad two games? Yeah, I say, like, Cohen, I mean, he got a touchdown, so he made his day better. But other than that, he's just kind of, he's kind of not a factor. It's all Jordan Howard. Yeah, and Jordan Howard is just... I mean, I know he doesn't, you know, he, you wish he was a little faster. You wish he was a little more agile. You wish this, this, and this. But he's just a, a solid running back. And, you know, 23 rushes for 102 yards. For this team, you know he's going to get uh, kind of bulk carries. And he, he's going to produce in, in the long run on that. So, once again, you wish he got in the end zone. But, um, you know, he just he's just a solid running back. Yes. And, yeah, it's not special, really. But it's you, you can count on almost, you know, 8 to 10 points from him most weeks and it's not going to hurt you too much but not much else in that game to talk about though i'd say the only thing i do like is like looking at it um the other thing that you wondered about howard another thing that could have tripped him up this year was when trubisky comes in are they going to go back to stacking the box and even though trubisky you know struggled mightily howard still got his points and i think that's a huge you know feather in his cap i that was one thing i was looking at because you know it could scare you especially going down this stretch all right, another game that's a little more boring here, Carolina-Tampa Bay. 17-3 Carolina. And I'll start with the, the bad, the really terrible side, Tampa. Jameis Winston, just not a good game. And he's not taken the step up that we kind of thought he would this year. It's it's not happened. It's, I mean, you can say this is through, well, they've played seven games now. And it's just not, the big jump's not there. And you can see it with like Mike Evans' numbers, five for 60. Evans has been doing that every week. Not not much there unless he gets a touchdown. And I think a lot of it to do is with Jameis Winston not really jumping up to, you know, a elite level like or even close to an elite level like we thought he might be able to. Yeah, and this one is a, a bit surprising to me. Um, you know, you kind of expect Winston. Maybe I thought, you know, maybe the interceptions wouldn't go down like we wanted to. But I didn't expect him to kind of have a, a, a hit on the touchdown production. And I feel like that is... You know, that's one reason his numbers aren't quite where they, you know, want to be. And obviously today is just a, you know, just one of, of those instances. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 210 yards. Uh, you know, it's not going to get it done no matter what you do. But um, I don't know. I mean, anyone else on that Tampa Bay team that, you know, kind of salvaged the, the game that you're still looking at and you're like, they're a viable option? Well, Doug Martin's decent you know in that bad of a game he still gets 75 total yards that's it's decent it's, it, he's he's not overwhelming with this ability right now but he's been good enough and he's getting all of the work there for him so he's definitely and where most people drafted him he's hopefully I mean, he's probably a third running back probably a flex maybe a two at best so he's still a decent option i mean this offense is gonna have to be a little better and even cameron Brate, 64 yards receiving with the way the tight ends are working right now. That's a, that's still, that's still decent enough. I would say. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with those two. Well, and of course, you're playing Mike Evans every week no matter what, but he's just not putting up top-end numbers like we hoped. And I think, already been looking at this one, and I mean, coming going forward, the he's been like a, what, we've penciled him, penciled him in top five every week. He might not be top five anymore. I, he hasn't put up those kind of numbers for me to justify it, I think. No, and yeah, I think you're right. It's, you know, I got to go by, you know, the numbers he has, not the numbers I think he could get. And, you know, he's he's... He's not like you're ever taking him out of your lineup, right? I mean, even today with, you know, Winston struggling so much, he's still got, you know, six points or so. He's never going to leave your your roster. But at this point, I, you know, I got to be I got to be realistic. And there's a lot of other guys that are getting opportunities, especially in the red zone where Evans just isn't. And then on the Carolina side of things, eh, not really a lot going on. Benjamin catches the touchdown, but only had three catches for 39 Stewart got a touchdown, but only 11 carries, 34 yards. McCaffrey, five catches for 45, 49 yards, but only ran the ball four times for three yards. And then Cam Newton's just not a very de- not a very good day, just okay. Makes up for it with 44 yards rushing. But this offense is not exciting to me right now. And it, I, I know. Talk about it's so up and down with them. You know, Newton will go from, you know, throwing 40-point games out there to this. And you're kind of, you know, it's just, it's just kind of – constantly whiplash you just there's no consistency there with either of these offenses right now and it makes it very difficult to trust any of the players yeah especially McCaffrey how do you feel about McCaffrey PPR is a little better but yeah I I think that's a very good point PPR is better but McCaffrey is one of those guys that I just don't trust I mean once again if you if I if you could trade him away for good value I you know that's kind of I probably would um because I, I just I can't trust him on a game to game basis, and you probably got him just a little too high. Um, so I just I'm just not a fan this year. I, I like his talent, you know. What I mean, it's nothing against the player. I just don't think he's ready this year to give you the fantasy production you need if if you're making that push. All right, next game: Patriots Chargers. Patriots win twenty one thirteen. Seems to be the same old story for the Chargers. They have the ball at the end of a game, trying to drive the field and have a chance to tie or, you know, the game and they can't do it. That's pretty much every game for the Chargers, but it's it just seems to be the way it goes. But Melvin Gordon started out the game <laughs> quite well, 87-yard touchdown. After that, I mean, he got only another 40, what, 45 yards rushing on the day after that, but made it all worth it with the one big run. So he's it was, ends up being a great day for him, basically off one carry. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was the bright spot, right? I mean, Rivers didn't do a whole lot. You know, Benjamin got a touchdown, but, you know, the guys you were hoping to always see, Allen, you know, just 60 yards, Hunter Henry, uh, you know, takes a step back. He's been up and down. Um, you know, there's it wasn't a whole lot of anything exciting going on on that side of the ball. No, and hey, Keenan Allen's not putting up numbers I think we expected. He's okay again. It's still, he's okay. It's just, I think we expect a little bit more, but the offense as a whole hasn't really been maybe as good as they could be. I don't know what that has, what, why that is or what, but it's just, it's not quite there. I mean, and maybe the new England pass defense though, is too, has improved. We can't just slot in people against new England anymore after the way they've played these last two weeks. It's actually, I think they've kind of figured things out at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, you either hope that or rivers really had a, a poor game because he did not stand out. You know, he was what? 17 for 30, just over 200 yards, one TD, one interception. So New England has a way of kind of, you know, closing up holes and gaps that they find during the year. 
So that's not surprising, really. But I, I am kind of surprised that Chargers didn't come out and have a better game against them still. And then on the Patriots side of things, just an, I mean, okay day. They're not, they're not, not imp- overly impressive, but Brady's numbers would have been if there's some touchdowns involved. 32 for 47 and 333 is pretty solid. It's just only only the one touchdown. Normally you get those kind of numbers and it's going to be a much, much bigger number he puts up. But that's that's still decent enough. And then the running back breakdown, it's still Deion Lewis is getting the most carries every week. Didn't really do a lot with him today, but he's getting the majority of the carries. But Gillisley, how do you feel about Gillisley right there at this point? I put him in my ranks this week. I actually ranked him. This would have been interesting to see where you would have put him. I put him, he was 41st for me, I think, this week. And I think it ended up being right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you're too far off. I probably would have had him a little a little higher just because, you know, I guess you can always, in in your mind, you can always see a, a world where he scores a touchdown. But he hasn't he hasn't been doing that. Uh, and every week, I think it's been, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the past five weeks probably, I think he's gone without a touchdown. And this is kind of what he's been doing, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50 yards maybe. Um, so I, I think you just have to go forward. Having Lewis there has just affected you know him greatly, which you know you're worried about. But at the same time, I'm I'm really surprised he hasn't been able to get some red zone scoring. You know, in, in the past few weeks. So I think you're right. He he's another one you can't trust anymore. And um, he, he's right now he's just kind of a, a luxury to have for for bye weeks. I don't I can't picture him in a world where I really feel comfortable even starting him. Um, but I know that a lot of people are probably handcuffed into the situation where you have to. But this is what goes on with these New England running backs. Like Lewis leads the team and carries with 15, Gillisley second with 11, and then James White or Rex Burkhead leads the team in receptions with seven, and James White gets five for 85. Yeah, it's just all over. It's you know, it's just a whoever Brady decides to give the ball to, and that, that's the funny part about it is the Patriots. You know, we we said this in the beginning too. As much as, you know, a lot of people ended up with Gillisley hoping that he was going to end up being something, you know, there's only a few people you can ever trust on the Patriots. One is Brady and two is Gronk. And those two players put up decent points today and everyone else was kind of, you know, a ragtag of whoever got it. So it was almost like what you expected, even though it was complete mayhem. Well, and then Hogan goes down with a shoulder injury. It looked like his arm was in a sling after the game. Because he's still five catches for 60 yards before he got hurt. Yeah, so hopefully it's okay. But they they're on, they have a bye week next week, so he has some time to rest up. And then Cooks, only five for 26. I was, I was just waiting for you to bring him up. Yeah, once again, and that's 26 yards on five catches. That's I think that's the surprising part. Really is, actually, yeah. And that's But these are the Cooks games. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. He's going to have games like this, but then he'll have big weeks. It's... That's what you get. If you have Brandon Cooks on your team, you're going to have to suffer through these weeks because if you have him on your team, you're playing him. Yep. you got to suffer through some of these, and there are more more of these than you would like. All right, next game. How about Buffalo-Oakland? Buffalo dominates Oakland, which is kind of surprising. Didn't really expect that to happen. And mainly led by LaShawn McCoy, who had 151 yards rushing and a touchdown. Caught six balls for 22 yards, so in PPR's numbers are even more impressive with the six receptions. McCoy's looking good again. He's kind of come on here lately. Yep, that's great to see. I mean, anyone else pop off on this sheet? It really was all him. I mean, Holmes, he did, yeah, you know, he had a touchdown with 51 yards on three receptions. But, you know, are you, is he someone that all of a sudden jumps on your radar? Or is this just a one game thing? One yeah. game thing. Going against his former team, exactly. maybe. Can be, maybe exactly. That's, that's kind of how I feel, too. 
Yep. And that's that's just kind of not much. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's a decent play. Like he's he's proven himself if you're in a you know a, a bind where you need a player for a bye week, he's been able to step in and be okay for you cuz Yeah. And he, he saves a rushing it, touchdown. Right. He, he seems exactly. Like, he saves it with that rushing touchdown. And then Oakland, Mari Cooper didn't didn't bounce, didn't get another huge game after last week's ridiculous 200 plus yard game, but still five for 48, I guess is better than he was doing there for a while. So <laughs> I, I guess I, you take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I completely share your, you know, you're hoping to see more, but it was good to say that when I saw five for 48, I was kind of like, all right, he's, you know, he didn't revert back to, to where it was two weeks ago. So yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Carr, not a very good game for Carr, and the running running game was just non-existent without Lynch. I don't even know; it wouldn't have mattered if Lynch was there at this point, honestly. I'd, no, yeah, he's just the same to me. No, yeah, exactly. Crabtree with a solid game, five for eighty-three. He's been doing that most weeks, so it's decent. But other than just a bad game for Oakland, and they're just not—they're not as good of an offensive team as we thought they could have been. Maybe this year, kind of disappointing as well. I think we can kind of say that at this point, over about halfway through the season, they're not. I guess not very good, honestly. <laughs> All right. How about Falcons, Jets? Falcons win. Jets are hanging in another game here that they can't quite win. But Josh McCown has actually been a pretty good fantasy quarterback here. Another <laughs> yeah. 22.3. He really has. It's it's crazy. Robbie Anderson, six catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Another, I mean, he's put together a few solid games. It's it's. It's kind of crazy to say, but I mean, you're, you're getting to the point where Anderson is a decent play and, and McCown is a good fill-in. I mean, that's something I never thought I would say. I, I honestly thought I would be talking about the running backs in this situation, if anything else, but they're the ones that really are struggling. Yeah, and you don't know what to expect. Who's going to get more carries between Forte and Powell? Powell gets 14 this time to Forte's four, but Forte has six catches for 45 yards. It's just, they're hopefully you're not playing have to play in any of these these guys because that's it's just kind of ugly I, I really really hope you're not playing <laughs> and they're trying everyone other i mean they had six guys at least with one rushing attempt obviously one was mccown but i mean that you know they're they're trying everything they can in order to move the ball <laughs> yeah. well mccown has been you know pretty good here look at pull up his numbers here for the last few weeks this is kind of just ridiculous 22.3 this week. He had 30.5 last week, 24.3 the week before, and 17.5 the week before that, which is not as good, but decent. He's had four weeks in a row where he's been a very usable quarterback. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, and actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, without a doubt, if you started him last four weeks, you would not be upset. Well, if <laughs> Let's talk about the quarterback on the other side of things here. McCown's been better than Matt Ryan for the last four games. And probably further than that, he's, he's ahead of Ryan in the season on scoring. You know, in average per game, he's 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 better than he has seventeen point six per game before today. Was Josh McCown with Matt Ryan's only have sixteen point three per game? It's it's weird to say, but McC- we we need to really probably move McCown up our ranks. He can't be in the twenties anymore. He's a top fifteen option, and he's about the same as Matt Ryan. I would say at this point. Yeah, and. You know, I, a lot of people were talking about how Matt Ryan was going to have regression this year. But, I, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, did anyone think it was going to be quite this drastic? I mean, I didn't. I mean, I really didn't. And yeah, it just shows you when McCown is outplaying you consistently. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, what are you thinking when you have Matt Ryan on your, on your team and all of a sudden you can see other options? When he's not a guaranteed choice to start on your team, 
you know that something's going kind of sideways. He's pretty much Matt Ryan from every other year before last year. That's what he is again. <laughs> exactly. He's the same guy he's ever, he's always been. And just like players like Cam Newton, we, this is how I compared it. It was Cam Newton had that one big year. And other than that, he's been the same guy except for one year. And Matt Ryan's doing the same thing. It's just and like this year, the, the player this year, this year it's Alex Smith. It's every, the last three years we've had one guy jumps up one year and it was Alex. It's Alex Smith this year. And you know, he won't do it again next year. It's, it's yeah, just, that's a very good point. And then, but the running game, this is strange. Why is Coleman getting more carries than Freeman now? I don't, I don't understand. That was that was a strange thing. I don't. I was actually. I don't know if he got a stinger during the game or something like that. That seems like an anomaly. But I mean, obviously Coleman did well with him because he was fourteen for eighty-two. Freeman twelve for forty-one. So obviously, maybe they just saw Coleman's skill set was you know better in this game. But and it, I think it, it probably has something to do with the you know the the stinger whatever. It, there's no real news on what actually he suffered there. Hopefully, it's nothing major, but. Even if you look the last few weeks, um, Freeman's numbers aren't quite as good as you would hope. The last three weeks, he's gone 7.9, 9 points, and then 6.1. No double digits in the last three weeks. So kind of worrisome, maybe, because you're playing him as your number one running back. But there's a lot. Of, there's, a, there's a few other running backs like him that are disappointing. Like We won't talk about J.H.I. today because he played the other night, but he's another one. <laughs> a little bit worse shape than this. But I think Freeman will be fine as long as he's healthy but what about Julio only three catches he got 74 yards out of it but it's kind of a season-long thing here where he's not been again he's not been elite he's not been special at all he's way down the list in the ranks this year for overall scoring he's only averaging like let's see here before today he was at 8.8 points per game and this one didn't help it so I mean you're starting him every week but do you do you anticipate him actually jumping up at all, or is this kind of what you're getting the rest of the year? No, I think I think this is it. I mean, he's doing it at. Do you have these numbers in front of you? Yeah. What? How many touchdowns does he have on the year? One touchdown. That was it okay, last week. So, and this is always the you know the worry, and we brought this up is Julio. You know, tends not to score as many touchdowns as you think that a guy his size would do, and especially with the regression with Matt Ryan. Um, you know, we worried against this or warned against it. And he still got 74 yards off three catches. It's not like he's a bad player. He's a phenomenal wide receiver. But they key on him. He doesn't get quite as many receptions. And then the guy just really doesn't get in the end zone. And that just really, really devastates his his numbers. So, you know, I, I don't see that the Falcons are going to really change up their offense. I don't see Matt Ryan kind of, uh, you know, his numbers are bumping up. I see Julio, you know, he'll have one or two games where he'll he'll catch a couple more touchdowns. But I think this is it. I think you can probably pencil him in for about seven points. You know what I mean? And I don't think you're going to get these 20-point spikes from him that you really were expecting when you when you draft him so high. No, I don't. And Mohamed um, Sanu has been doing pretty decent now back from an injury. So he's getting – it's not just all going to Julio. There's other guys that can catch the ball here. Hooper's even doing – better at this point than he had been too so they don't have to go to him they won the game again they're just not this offense isn't as good and I wonder if it has to do with Kyle Shanahan not being there yeah I didn't think it was going to make quite this big of a difference but the guy's looking like a freaking genius right now okay how about Eagles 49ers of course Eagles dominate 33 to 10 at this point you want to basically play your defense any defense that goes against San Francisco that's what defense you want on your team at this point well 
I think the player that's suffering the most without Hoyer is probably Pierre Garcon. That's the player that's value just as taking You mean the guy hit. that got two receptions for 17 yards? Is he, is he struggling? <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he's taking the biggest hit from this because before this change, he was actually a pretty decent option for you as like a wide receiver three. At this point, you don't want him in your lineup anymore. I think he's, I think he's on your bench, especially coming up playing Arizona, coming up here, and the Giants have had a pretty good pass defense. And... Yeah, then a bye week, and then you got Seattle. I don't think Pierre Garçon's in your lineup again. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Then Philadelphia went, set a solid game. You know, not as good as he had been, but good enough where he's still in the twenties in point scoring. So yeah, I mean, he just he just keeps putting out game after game where I'm just I'm just more and more impressed with him. And you know, they didn't really need him to air the ball out a whole lot. He did have 32 attempts, but at the same time, the defense did a lot of the heavy lifting for this team. So it's kind of the same people over and over. Like, they're kind of bankable. Like, in Philly, you know that Ertz is going to do well. Jeffries will be up and down, but he got another touchdown today with 60 yards. And, you know, and Wentz is just going to be very, very, very solid. I mean, it's kind of kind of funny in that way. Yeah, and Ertz, n- number one yeah, tight end unbelievable, in football right? this year. I mean, you, you feel good that you threw threw his name in the, in the you know, in the pot early on because, you, you know, you're looking good because – the guy's just producing, even when he only has 34 yards. Caught that touchdown again. I mean, he's had five touchdowns now in the last four games. That's huge. I mean, it really is, especially with how bad tight end has been. Yep, he's been he's been good. And then the running game. I mean, at this point, can you can you actually just kind of count on Legarrette Blount in your lineup? I I didn't think I would ever say that, but he's been kind of he's been okay, better than you know some of these other options that are out there. Yeah, I, I mean, sadly enough, I, I think he, he sneaks into a lot of my lineups just on the sheer, you know, he, he has the best chance of scoring a touchdown because, I mean, he's just going to grind it out. He has 16 rushes for 48 yards, and he scored that touchdown. You know, you look at someone named Clement who had the second amount of rushes, 10 for 54, so he looked better with the ball. But you know that they're just going to use the human battering ram, and they're they're kind of implementing – the style of player, at least for him, putting him in a position where he can succeed, where before that, you know, they were trying to do something completely different outside his skill set. So I, I, I think now he, he is. He's sneaking back in there where he's kind of coming out of a place where we thought, or at least, you know, there was a couple weeks where you thought he might just be irrelevant the rest of the year because he looks so bad. All right, three more games. How about the most exciting game, I would say, of the day? Seattle and Houston. <laughs> I think exciting is an understatement. What the heck was going on, man? Talk about a shootout. Russell Wilson ends up outscoring Watson. Four, <laughs> and you're looking at six-point touchdown leads. Wilson gets 43.1, Watson 40.8. Just ridiculous. I can't remember the stat. I think it is the stat was before today's game, in the history of the NFL, there was only three players that had ever had a 400-yard passing day with four touchdowns and like 40 or 50 yards rushing. It had only it must have been yeah in four or thirty yards rushing. Only it happened three times in the history of the NFL, and now it happens happened five times as both of them did it today. Just it was, it, ridiculous. Another crazy performance by I mean both of these guys really, but you know well I guess we can start with Houston. But Watson for being the the young guy, he has been so fantasy relevant, so fantasy impressive that he's just airing the ball out. And my my big thing to you is I need to know. Do you think Will Fuller is the real deal? Because he has been light. He just got lit on fire ever since he got back. It is insane what Will Fuller is doing. 
the, the amount of touchdowns he has. Touchdowns he has. But five for 125 and two touchdowns. I, you know, I kind of think he's the real deal in this offense. I, there's, there is going to be a game though going forward where this team does nothing and Watson has, you know, it has a terrible game. It's going to happen once. I think it might only happen once though. But, I mean, Watson threw three picks today, so it's going to happen. But Will Fuller, I mean, how can you say he's not for real at this point? It's after the after the second week. Yeah, it was still kind of fluky, but is it anymore? I don't yeah. think it is. This is it's. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely putting him in every single lineup. I mean, in the fact he's across a, a from Hopkins, who, by the way, how in the world, like Hopkins, how in the world do you let him get 224 yards? I know it's not like letting him, but at this point, it's like throw every single person onto him because who? I mean, over 200 yards for the number one wide receiver. You know, the rookies throwing to him. I, it just seems, especially for a Seattle defense who's known to be able to shut down wide receivers in the past, it's just unbelievable to me that, you know, their top two guys are the ones that kept burning them. Yeah, and I mean, these two, both of them, I think are going to be pretty good. Yeah, Hopkins has been, you know, playing out of his mind. He, he has definitely, you know, just been reborn ever since he got a, a competent QB, and he just keeps showing how talented he is. It's un- I, I can't tell you how unbelievable that performance was. Eight receptions for 224 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's, you know, he's just, just much a better, uh, just a better player than everyone else on the field. And Fuller, seven touchdowns now out of 13 receptions in four games. That's, <laughs> that's, that's got to slow down, but it, you know, it's been a whole lot of fun to watch, but it, to be honest, I don't. Does it have to slow down? I don't know. Like <laughs> the way they're playing right now is just like throw it deep. You no, know I mean, and Fuller is just made for that. And now Watson's had three of his last four games have been forty point games. I mean, I don't even know. And then he has Indianapolis next week. And then the Rams, who aren't overly impressive. So he has two more weeks where he could. I don't know. It's crazy. But I'm telling you, he's going to have one week where it's just it's a terrible one. Yeah, it's almost like, do you think, you know, and I, I worried about this before when I started talking about Watson and how he started doing really well, is he puts up these giant numbers when you're chasing a team. Someone like Indianapolis, who probably is not going to put up a whole lot of points, do you think that his numbers will drop because they won't need him to throw those, you know? It's possible, but I don't even know if he can slow down. Like, he just wants to just chuck the ball around. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably at this point, are you, is there anyone, you know, are you starting Watson? Is there anyone you're not starting Watson over? No, I mean, like, I assume you're starting, you know, Brady, uh, you know, a couple of the big guys, Breeze. But, I mean, where does Watson fall for you now? Because he's such a, a huge home run hitter. He's in, I think he's in the top five, which would be my top five. I don't know the rank and order it's going to be right now. It's it, it's going to be Brady, Breeze. Let's see here. Brady, Breeze, Wilson, Wentz, Watson. Those are my top five. I don't know the order exactly, but he's right there with those guys. I think I think those are my I think those are the top for me right now. And then Alex Smith and Prescott on the outside looking in and Cousins and those getting guys. But I think he's right there, top five for sure. And maybe I don't know. <laughs> I think at this point, Drew Brees, he's ahead of I would say he's ahead of Drew Brees. I mean, right? Drew Brees has just been we kind of rank Breeze up there because it's Drew Breeze, but Watson's been way more impressive than Breeze. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously Watson comes with a little bit more risk, but I, I don't see my, I mean, honestly, I think Brady might be the only guy that I start over him. Like, that's how crazy his his numbers have been. Well, then let me read off Brady's last four weeks, okay? 14.6, 20.2, 22.5, 19.5. It's good, 
but it's not Watson numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's been so good for so many years and you know you can bank on him. But, I mean, you know, you throw Watson's numbers out. When was the last game where, you know, Watson wasn't startable? There hasn't been one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unreal. Really, it really is. Week week one where he, he played one half in week one. and So he had 7.7. Since he's been the starter, he's went gone 17.7, 24.1, 41.7, 45.5, 29.3, and then 40.8. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. I, it, it, that is just insane. Cause even like Russell Wilson's been great, but Russell Wilson's had, he had an 8.3 and a 13.5. What Watson hasn't had one of those games. <laughs> you know, maybe right here, Watson is the, I don't, I start Watson over everyone. I mean, you got, at this point you looked at the numbers. I mean, I mean, Wentz even might be the only one you can do Like Wentz has been 35.3, 27.4. 39 and 21.1 less, but there is, there is a, he's probably the only one, you know, comparable to that. It's, I mean, okay. I think he's ahead of breeze for me. So he's at least top four right now. He's at least top four. He it's, you can't say he's not, it's crazy. I'm going to be interested to see where I end up deciding to rank him, but <laughs> I'll go back. I'm going to the Seattle side. Then Wilson had a huge game again. He's had a couple of these, which 452 yards and four touchdowns is ridiculous. With no wow, I'm looking at these run game numbers. How about this? You got the you got the running game numbers here for Seattle pulled up. Oh my god, they're so. If you take Wilson, if you take Wilson out of it, there is no running game. They have <laughs> three yards. <laughs> so bad, three yards, and that's with four guys running the ball. At least they have the the passing game. And Lockett had a big game. Richardson had a huge game with the two touchdowns. I mean, in Baldwin. Didn't do as much. He was looked at, but six for fifty-four. But the other, and then Graham caught two touchdowns. All those guys are playable. Were playable. I like Paul Richardson a lot right now, but it's hard to. It is hard to play him, but he is. I think he's playable. If you look at, he's been pretty decent. But man, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just become painfully apparent that they have no line to rush the ball, run the ball at all, and they are literally just saying Wilson scramble, do whatever you need to do, and we're just gonna have to try to like outscore people we're just gonna have to play you know just running gun without pretty the much <laughs> that's pretty much it just release all seattle running backs from your team they are they are useless the only hope <laughs> yeah the only hope is uh cj pro size gets healthy because only because we haven't we haven't seen him we don't know what he can do yet that's the only reason there's even slight hope there but probably not that all right two more games How about dallas redskins here Zeke does his thing, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, every week it's the same. <laughs> he's he's really, really good. But this game was played in just like a downpour the whole game. So that's all they could do is run it. And I think that has a lot to do with why Prescott struggled and why Cousins struggled. It's just all the all the rain there. They couldn't do much. Yeah, I agree. It, this one kind of disappointed me, and then you realize the conditions they're playing in. And, you know, I, I think you you – to to what you were talking about, you give Prescott a pass, you give Cousins a pass. Um, there's a few bright spots, obviously, like Zeke. Um, obviously, he was wonderful as always. So the big question is, will he be suspended? But I mean, other than that, Crowder was the other guy. Nine receptions for 123 yards. Yeah, that's a very nice bright spot. Yeah, well, if this that if that's going forward, that'd be really nice to see from him. We were wait, we've been waiting for that all year from him. 
And it looks like, I mean, it's not going to happen with Terrell Pryor, which is just still weird that he's just completely useless and not used at all for the team. He didn't even have a catch. I mean, he's not, he's barely playing anymore. It's really yeah, it's, strange. It's, it is really strange. I, I really couldn't tell you what is going on with that. But the other question is Daxon. He's gotten a ton of hype lately. And I liked, I mean, he, I liked a young guy, and I, I think he has a, a ton of ability. He gets a touchdown, one reception, one yard, one touchdown. But, I mean, what was your impression of him? Do you, I mean, do you have any take? Do you think this kid he dropped a couple that he, he dropped a couple he should have got? And that's he's still young, I guess. He just, he needs to play more. That's pretty much what it looks like. But it's nice that they're actually looking for him, I think, especially in the red zone. They're giving him the opportunity. And I think they are, because of the fact that they are pretty much done with Pryor at this point, Doxon's going to keep getting that opportunity. If, if he, I think he has the ability. So if he can start just, you know, not dropping balls and just doing a couple more things right, he's going to be really good. And there's no, I mean, he was drafted high for a reason. And I think he's going to be pretty solid because it's basically, at this point, it's him, it's Crowder, Doxon, and then Grant's out there. But he's much better than Grant. Grant's just kind of a fill-in, filler at this point. I think Doxon's going to be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I like that take. And he hasn't shown it quite yet, and the drops do worry me a bit. But I agree. I think he just needs playing time. And you can see it when he – when the few times where you've actually – you know, they put it high for him. When he high points the ball, he looks – he looks – I hate saying elite, but he looks elite. Like, that is – that's his skill set right there. He, he looks so unbelievably good going up and getting the ball that I just can't imagine a world where he – doesn't turn that into a handful of touchdowns. And then Des, kind of a disappointing game. But again, it's a the weather conditions in this one were just too too tough. I, every, pretty much everybody gets a pass on this one. It's you don't expect that going forward. He's going to be perfectly fine. Suck that yet this happened this week when you use Des, but no worries. He'll be he'll be perfectly fine going forward. Yeah, and you, I mean you saw it too with Prescott's numbers. I mean he only had twenty two attempts and 143 yards with no touchdowns, no interceptions, and they still they still got the win. So obviously, you know, they just they weren't going to pass. It wasn't going to happen. All right, one last game here. Steelers-Lions. Steelers get the win. Lions racked up a lot of yards in this game, and yet just they couldn't score a touchdown, and that's why they lose this one. Stafford threw the ball for 423 yards and gets no touchdowns. How, how do you do that? That's my question. Crazy. It is such a, a huge amount of yardage for, for nothing either way. I mean, even if he threw a couple of interceptions, it would make sense. But They just kept stalling out in the, in the within the 10-yard line, really. They just couldn't do anything. Yeah, just kept kicking field goals all day. Marvin Jones and Golden Tate both had solid games. It's just There's no touchdown to add to it. And even TJ Jones had a good game. And then Ebron actually had one good, really nice play for once. It was kind of, he did something finally. But the run game's just not there. It's... And if they don't have a run game and they can't score when they're on the goal line, it's going to be tough. But yep. Pittsburgh side, Bell does his thing again. Yards weren't great today, and he didn't get many. He only had five yards receiving, but he got a touchdown, so he's fine. And then Antonio Brown, only five for 70, not great. He did get a touchdown called back after the— Not great for Antonio, but still, you know, five for 70, if that's his bad game, that's pretty solid. The big story is Juju Smith-Schuster. Seven catches, 193 yards, and a touchdown. So, yeah. okay, the 97-yard touchdowns, a lot of that. But yes. <laughs> but how excited are you about this anyway? With Martavius Bryant obviously in turmoil, Smith Schuster has a free pass to you know see what he can do, 
And that's a pretty damn good way to start it. At the, after this game from Smith Schuster, Martavis Bryant is just done with Pittsburgh. He's done. There's, <laughs> he, I think at this point they might just be like, screw it, just trade him. They don't. They do not need him at all. And he seems to be just kind of. I mean, they're. I think they're done with him. Wouldn't you say this team seems like they are just over him? And it's not just this year. It's not just his complaining this year. It's obviously he's been suspended twice. They're already. You've been suspended twice, and yet you still come into the year. And you're complaining you're not getting catches, you're not getting the ball thrown your way, you want to be traded. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. what, what his story is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if I was them, I would love to be able to keep a guy like that. If you could have Smith-Schuster, Brown, and Bryant, especially moving forward, if, if you know, if Roethlisberger, if this is, you know, his last year or something, it'd be an awesome, you know, awesome wide receiving core to have. But like you said, it, it, he almost comes with too much baggage. If you can move him at this point, I, I don't see a reason why Pittsburgh won. I mean, it's it's just it's better for him. All right, I think that's it, though. I think that's all. We covered every game here going through it. That'll be it for the Week 8 recap. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have some waivers for you. There's a few players this week that'll be interesting. Probably Juju Smith-Schuster might still be on the list. I think he's... Still out there. He'll probably be one of the top ads for the week, I'm sure, in most leagues. But we'll be back with that tomorrow. We'll talk to you guys then. 